You're stuck with me this morning. My name is Pastor Tim, and it's good to be, be uh, here in God's house with you. And just, uh, I want to I share a little story that hopefully will illustrate um, some of the points that, of my, the message today. My story, um, I began to seek the Lord when I was about 20 years old. And I grew up in and out of church. Uh, for a number of years, in my teen years, I had wandered away completely and just was doing my own thing. And, and yet, um, at about the age of 20, I decided, well, it would be a good thing if I did something with my life, although I didn't really have any, any, any direction at that point, but I had some desires. I love the outdoors, so I wanted to find a way to, to step into um, wildlife management or conservation or something. I just love the outdoors, so that was my, my thought. Well, I went to the California Conservation Corps. I signed up uh, there, and, and I went into boot camp in San Luis Obispo, and then they sent me to their center in Eureka to serve there. And um, I was there for those reasons, but there are other people there um, for different reasons. Um, it's kind of, sometimes I think it was even court-mandated. They got into trouble, so they either had to, you know, so the Conservation Corps was was an option for them. So I had two roommates, and one of them at that time, so I was seeking the Lord. And um, what that meant for me was just I, I felt that God was drawing me in some ways, and I had a, a, a powerful experience in my car as I was driving down through the beautiful California redwoods near Eureka, California. Uh, the Lord just, by his spirit, just came into the car when I was driving down the road all by myself, and his presence was, became so tangible to me, and he began to just speak to me about my, my need for him and draw me by his spirit. And I, just, I just right there broke down in my car. I don't even know how I stayed on the road. I think I went to the side and parked, uh, but I just broke down and gave my life to Jesus. I returned to him. And that was a journey for me. And at that point, there began to, God began to stir in me a hunger for his word. And I didn't know where to start, but I had a, this roommate. His name was Doug, and uh, Doug Kirkuro. I'll never forget his name because he had, he, he told me a little bit of his story. He, he had grown up uh, in church and was part of a youth choir and really actively serving the Lord in his younger years. And then he got into drugs and even dealing drugs. And I think he was one of the court mandated people that had to go to conservation corps, do something with his life. So he was my roommate. And as I got to know him, I realized he had on his nightstand uh, this book, a book. I knew what it was. It was the Bible. It was the word of God. And, uh, I asked him one day, because this is after I'd come back to the Lord, I hadn't really shared much with him about this, but I just said, you know, I, could I read, could I borrow your Bible and, and start reading it? And he said, yeah, just, I just, you can, you, you can have it, you know, you can just use it as long as you want. I don't use it. He said, I just take it along with me wherever I go, but I don't read it. So, so I picked it up and started reading from Genesis 1, and I just, just began to read, and I just went through the whole Bible took me, you know, a couple months, but I, I got through the whole Bible, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't know where to begin, but I just, I figured the beginning is a good place to start, so that's where I started, and although so much of it was new to me, I began to take in, 
take in the word of God, take in and being built up in my inner man. What God was doing in me was real. I could barely even voice or explain what that really was, but it was real. God was doing something in me through his word. It was a treasure that I had rediscovered in my life. I had rediscovered the treasure of the word of God, and that became my, my foundation, my uh, my, the foundation of my life became the Word of God. Before I, I was discipled by anybody or anybody became my pastor, I did return to back to our, my hometown in Chico and got involved in a great discipleship program and, and grew from there. But the Word of God was the thing I started with, and it was powerful in my life. I, I don't know if I ever gave him his Bible back, um, but um, and I and I meet I kind of lost track of Doug throughout, but I, I thank God that he used Doug in my life to, uh, to send me the word of God. The word of God is so precious, so powerful, and such a treasure, and I think oftentimes we tend to forget that if we're not careful. So I want to talk about that a little bit to you, or with you, and, and, and talk about it as we look at the life of Josiah, and uh, there's a couple texts in there, Second Kings 22, and uh, 23 and second chronicles 34 and 35 those are places uh, where the story of king josiah is told and we're not going to read it all of course because it's long but josiah he was the last good king of judah before they went into captivity to the babylonians so he was ruling he ruled for 32 years he passed away 22 years before the nation went into captivity. Uh, his kingship, it's interesting, if you go back to and look at 1 Kings in cha- chapter 13, you see that his kingship was prophesied several hundred years before he came on the scene by an unnamed prophet who spoke to the king Jeroboam and said, a son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. So there's this prophecy about King Josiah, this good king who would come and do some amazing things. He would restore things. Uh, God would use him in powerful ways. He was the great-grandson of another really good king, King Hezekiah. And yet, between King Hezekiah, his great-grandfather, um, there were some pretty, pretty bad kings. And... Um, a steady period of decline morally and just idolatry and idol worship and pagan uh, altars being built and the temple turned into things it shouldn't be. So all, this thing was, all these things were going on, and this is what Josiah came into. But it says, uh, so he's, but he's forced into kingship at the age of eight. Can you imagine? At the age of eight years old, he's forced into this kingship because his father, Amon, who was not a good king, was assassinated. And so he becomes king, and he began to seek the Lord about eight years later. At the age of 16, he began, it says in the scriptures here, Second Chronicles 34, verse 1, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. And then it goes on to talk about all the things that he did to purge Israel of the idolatry and the the pagan uh, worship. Uh, It was just incredible what he did. He stepped into this situation um, 
very young, and yet he began to seek the Lord and accomplish some great things. But it wasn't because it was, we'll see here why, why he was able to do that. But it's, it's even interesting that he later discovered, after they dis- found the word of God in the temple, so he began to repair the temple. He, he began to, to do some things there in the temple to repair it. And as they were digging through the rubble of the temple and clearing it out for the repairs, the book of the law was discovered and read to him. So they come to him and they say, here's this book. Uh, we found this book, a book. <laughs> and I think it's interesting. You know, they were so, they were so distant from the word of God. It, they called it a book. Um, but we found a book and they begin to read it to him and he, he and the book of the, and he tore his clothes, which was a posture of repentance. He, he tore his clothes and humbled himself and prayed for himself and his people. But he later discovered, as he goes to the prophetess Huldah, who is, he said, he said to his officials, go to her, go to this prophetess and, and see what is, what kind of hope there is for us. Basically, that's what he was looking for. What kind of hope do we have? I mean, here we are in de- steady decline. I find the book of the law. Where, what kind of hope is there? And he discovers that really he's, that there was really, for the nation of Israel, it was on a path. It had gone too far. It was just a matter of time when judgment would prevail and they would go into captivity. But that didn't stop Josiah. Sometimes bad news stops us or prevents us or discourages us. It didn't stop him. Um, and I want to ask you today, how do you feel when your efforts don't seem to produce visible or long-lasting results. What about when you're fairly certain that those who come after you will botch things up royally and your efforts will seem in vain? Now, he had the inside scoop from the prophet that, that this would happen, Josiah did, but it didn't deter him from accomplishing his mission. And whatever message the enemy might want to send to discourage us, let me tell you that we're on a path with the Lord here in this season of our lives where he wants us to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Not because there's news ahead, there's bad news ahead, or there's some kind of discouraging word to deter us, but he wants us to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And that's what Josiah did, and that's why he inspires me. Um, So this whole process of finding out what pleases the Lord, discovering what pleases him. Seek, discover, and do. This is the ongoing process of relaunching our faith. We're in a relaunch season. It's a journey, a pattern that God uses to grow our faith and form our character. This whole seeking the Lord, discovering what he has for us, living it out, seeking the Lord, more discovery, living it out. It never ends. It's a cycle that we go through, and it's, it's, God, has that as a, God uses that as a means of growth and to form us and to shape us. So let's look at some principles here today from the life of Josiah. Um, number one, he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord. And verse 3, it says, In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. So he begins to seek the Lord at this young age. And why do we seek him? Why did Josiah seek him? Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, 
reasons why he could have started that journey of seeking the Lord eight years after he came into this kingship, I would probably realize uh, I'm not up to the task, Lord. I mean, here I am, a young man, teenager. Um, I can't do this. I can't, I can't accomplish what you've asked me to do. Maybe he was at his wit's end, just, just desperate for something from God to be able to move forward and lead the people. I don't know what moved him, but he began to seek the Lord, it says. And it was a powerful, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's a powerful visual that I kind of see this young 16-year-old king seeking the Lord. And we seek him because he is our reward. God himself is our reward. God said to Abraham, uh, Genesis 15, 1, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. We seek him because he is our reward. The blessings are there. The benefits of serving God are so real and so true in my own life. Internally, the joy, the peace, uh, uh, the confidence, the faith that comes when God, we serve God, those internal benefits and blessings, and also the many outward things he does, the blessings, the tangible things that we see. God's hand is on our lives as we seek him, as we serve him. There's a lot of things. But ultimately, when all is said and done, we seek him because he's our reward. He desires relationship. Jesus said, you're my friends. And he wants to relate to us on that level. We seek him also to align ourselves with his purpose. And I think Josiah desired that, to align himself with the purpose of God in his own life. We seek him to align ourselves with his purpose. So I really believe that we all have these seasons of our lives where we enter into and there's a purpose God has for us. God has these themes that run through our lives, and I've seen it in my own life, and I know you probably have too, where we can kind of define our mission and our purpose in, in, in some of the ways God has prepared us and is using us as we look at it. But Josiah's purpose, as you look at his life, was, re, was re, reform and revival. God used him. That was a theme that ran through his 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 uh, reign and his period of, of leadership, this, I, this whole theme of, of reform and revival. What is, it, what is the purpose that God is stirring up in you? What is that purpose that God is saying, this is what I put you on the face of the earth for? This is one of the reasons I have you here. Could it be to, whatever that might be, to support people in crisis, to encourage others, to share the word of God, to be active in doing what he calls us to do in some way, there's reasons why he's put us here. And we need to discover those. It's not just all handed to us. What are some opportunities, even in community, in the body of Christ, to align ourselves with his purpose? We need clarity around our purpose. Here we have some opportunities, growth track, a way, a, a way to discover our mission as a church and, and our giftings as members in Christ's body, to find ways to plug in to serving him. Life groups, a place to develop relationships and go deeper into God's word. Push nights, pray until something happens. 
Yeah, we have these first Sunday nights of the month that are, that are powerful ways that we can press into all that God has for us. So there's ways to align ourselves with God's, God's purpose. The body of Christ, uh, there's ways where we can, as a community, encourage one another and find ways to discover what he has for us. God's promise as we seek him, and I love this passage, very, um, we, we often refer to it, and, and yet there's such, it's such a powerful verse of, uh, or scriptures that Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 14, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. When God says you will find me, he is inviting us into a process of discovery. Those discoveries along the way, they keep us challenged. They keep us excited and growing in our faith. So let's keep discovering. Let's keep seeking. When we stop seeking, we stop discovering. And when we stop discovering, boredom sets in, and we stop doing, and we stop living out God's purpose for our lives. So there's a lot of, lot of implications in this, this whole process of seeking and discovering. God's inviting us into that. So secondly, Josiah, he sought the Lord. Secondly, he discovered in the process. So the journey of seeking the Lord put him on a, on a path of discovery. And if you've walked with the Lord for any amount of time, you know that when you're seeking the Lord actively, things begin to come out. Revelations come. Things, God begins to reveal things in his word. Uh, God begins to do things as we seek him. Uh, he'll, um, this, this um, 2 Kings verse 22, verse 8. So this is going back to when they found the book of the law in the temple as they were repairing the temple and 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 gave it or showed it to josiah it says hilkiah the high priest said to shaphan the secretary i have found the book of the law in the temple of the lord he gave it to shaphan who read it then shaphan the secretary informed the king hilkiah the priest has given me a book and shaphan read from it in the presence of the king and when the king heard the words of the book of the law he tore his robes so there's a response there to this hidden treasure that they find in the process of rebuilding. In the process of rebuilding and restoring, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but God wants to reveal things to encourage us, to move us forward. God has the resources as we seek him. So as Josiah was in the process of seeking, he discovered the neglected word of God, forgotten, neglected. And really, this represented years, decades of neglect, probably 60 plus years of neglect, neglecting and forgetting the word of God by his predecessors and the downward sp spiral that, that was seen all those years until Josiah came into power, into leadership. So there's all this. Can you imagine that? 60 plus years of neglect, forgot. They forgot the word of God. What would that look like in this culture? Are we already there? It's a long time. 
So as he wiped off the dust and began to read, he realized this discovery was leading him deeper into God's assignment and God's mission. As a follower of Jesus, how does this process of discovery make a difference between being a mere observer on the sidelines to becoming an active participant in God's work? I think it has a lot to do discovery and doing, discovery and and, and really entering into God's work are, are connected. Ephesians 5, verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And listen to this. Find out what pleases the Lord. There's the invitation again. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them exactly what Josiah was doing, finding out what pleased the Lord, having nothing to do with the fruitless deeds as he, of darkness, as he tore down pagan altars, and as he rebuilt the temple, and as he destroyed idolatry worship in the land. The discovery, when acted upon, ultimately led to revival. And there's so many promises in the scriptures related to seeking the Lord and, um, yes, just related to seeking him. And many of them relate to discovering those things that really hold true value, true riches, true value are found in God's word. The true and lasting reward is in the relationship and the things that God gives us through that relationship. Um, Yeah, so what are we searching for? In the process of searching, what are you discovering about yourself and about God? And how are you responding in the ways that open up a door to revival in your own life or contribute to the life of the body of Christ and in his community? What are are you searching for? Another question here, what might be forgotten or neglected in your faith? Just like that old dusty, Bible that I picked up at the age of 20. Something forgotten, something neglected in my journey, in my life. Just like Josiah discovered the word of God, rediscovered that. What are we searching for and how are we responding to those forgotten things? Thinking of forgotten things, I got to thinking about our time in Central Asia. We served as missionaries there in Tajikistan for 16 years and um, put a little photo up there on on the screen entitled Christianity in Central Asia. Um, On the surface, you would think, well, there's really not a whole lot to say. There's really not a lot to dig up but there really is. Throughout that land, Central Asia, from Asia, from the east, you know, China, and then going east into Central Asia where we were, into all the Stan countries, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Afghanistan, all that area. From the 10th to the 14th century, Christianity thrived. And there were they, they came in, they were missional, they were very missional, very active missionary 
uh, Christians that were, that were evangelizing and gathering communities uh, of Christians all throughout that area. Now, if you ask a Tajik today who lives in Tajikistan, who's from that area, or an Afghan, or, they would probably not know anything about it or deny the fact that it existed because that's been the propaganda, that's been the message that's been sent to them that we are Muslims and that's our history and that's all we know. And yet if you go back and dig up and start to discover, you start to discover things. And this is, uh, in the distance are some caves. And this is the southern part of Tajikistan near the Afghanistan border. It's a protected area, it's hard to get into, but there's this picture in the distance and there's some little caves and they're all, th on this, they're all throughout in that area. But these caves were where the Christians would, go, would be. There were, many of them were monastic. Um, they lived um, pretty, pretty solitude, a lot of them in solitude, but there were lots of them. And you go into these caves and you see car uh, crosses carved into the sides of the caves and things. And, and that's a history. That's a forgotten past of Christianity in Central Asia. Amazing. Amazing what God started then. Is, he, was he, is his plan defeated? Is it what happened? Yeah, fast forward now to modern day, and you get into the late 90s where um, we were in Tajikistan, had been there a few years, and my wife hosted a Bible study for Tajiks, local people in her home, in our home. And a young woman comes to this Bible study who is, what, maybe 19 or 20? Yeah, Munira was her name. And Munira comes, she hears the word of God for the first time. True riches. True riches. She hears the word of God for the first time in response. And accepts him as his Lord, her Lord and Savior, and she's never the same. And she's on a path toward growth and persecution. Growth and persecution. And so she went through this trial period, this period of testing and trial and persecution for, for a number of years. And yet, in the first, when her, when her family first heard about this, they were irate, especially her father and her grandfather. And the first thing they tried to take from her was her ability to discover God's truth. And they locked her in a room, said she couldn't have her Bible, and just until she gave, you know, and, and they basically rejected her and said, until you come back into Islam and our, our religion, then you're no longer a part of us. And through a series, a long story, but through a series of miracles, she was able to get escape from that situation. And, and as she was, had some time apart from her family, God be, was working and God was moving and God has just working in her life. She had the word of God for the first time and it was, God was using his word by his spirit, applying it to her life and just changing her and for, forming her into the person he wanted her to be. And he had 
destined her to be. And it wasn't long until her father and grandfather and family members began to see that change. And their God began to soften their hearts and do a work in them as well. I don't know if others in that family came to Christ, but I do know that she was allowed back into her family and they essentially see the, the difference that her relationship got with God has made. So there's 10th to 14th century actively, you know, you see this work going on in Central Asia and all these years and now God has a plan. There's always a seed. There's always a seed that God wants to do something, to awaken, to revive, to grow. And there's always that seed. So there's, it's never hopeless. There's, there's always something. What lies in ruins? What seems to be neglected and forgotten in your life? Let God bring it to life. Let God revive that. Let God just let God bring you into that process of seeking him and discovering all that he has for your life. I need a tissue. <laughs> he won't fail you. He's got a plan. So Isaiah 58 is filled with promises about seeking the Lord in love and truth. And I, I love this verse in Isaiah 58, verse 12. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Listen to this. And I speak prophetically this morning that this is for you. God calls you by name. And he says this, you will be called. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. How does God want to use you to rebuild, to restore? What's been lost or forgotten, neglected? whether that's relationships, whether that's something in our past, whatever that might be, God is calling us restorers, repairers, rebuilders today. God is calling us rebuilders of this community, of the places we live and work to see lives changed and transformed. Effective doing is not accomplished by just working ourselves up into a frenzy. <laughs> Effective doing is accompanied by honest seeking, and it leads to discovery, which leads to more effective doing, which leads to more seeking. Lord, I can't do this on my own, which leads to more discovery. Lord, I see now what you're trying to do. I step out, which leads to more seeking, because we continue to want us to depend on him for his strength and his ability to give us what we need in the moment. So Josiah did God's work. That's my third point here. Josiah stepped out and he did. And it's interesting as you look at his life, he didn't just do, he didn't just wait until something was revealed to him. The word of the discovery of the, the word of God in the temple came after he began to, do, to start uh, initiating reformation. He stepped out and then God eventually gave him some other things, some treasures, some revelation that he needed. 
but Josiah did God's work. It says, 2 Kings verse 23, he got rid of all the mediums and spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things he'd seen. Then he, this he did to fulfill the requirements of the law written in the book that Hilkiah the priest had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his strength in accordance with the law of Moses. Then it says that he gave, they gave money to all the carpenters and builders to purchase dressed stone and timber for joists and beams for the buildings that the kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. Now, I don't know about you, but have you, you, know, have you ever had to clean up something, someone else, a mess someone else had left? <laughs> something someone else had mishandled or mismanaged? I hear a lot of yes and amens out there. What can we discover during these times when the odds seem to be stacked against us, when the baton wasn't handed off to us in the right way and we're just like, Lord, what do I do with this? <laughs> Let me tell you, God, God, God has a plan for that as well. God wants to step in and make you a repairer, a rebuilder. As long as he lived, Second Chronicles 34, 33, as long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors. I don't know. Why does God choose to reveal certain things at certain times? It will always be a mystery, I'm sure. But the thrill of discovery, I know, is in the search. The thrill of discovery is in the search. You know, spoiled children may always get what they want, but God knows what we need and when we need it. And so he's able to get, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And he's able to give us what we need at the proper time. And he invites us on this search. God hides sometimes, yes. He hides his plan. He hides his agenda at times. So we will continue to search. And that process of searching is for our growth and the process of discovery. A valuable discovery deserves a faithful response. And that's what we see in the life of Josiah. In the end, we follow God because it's the right thing to do. And we leave the results to him. And in the kingdom of God, this is called sacrifice. Josiah served God despite the path that his people and his nation were on. So, and we don't, we don't serve the Lord out of convenience, for attention, good feelings, or any other temporal thing. We do what he requires because it's the right thing to do. So as the worship team comes today, I just want to invite you, I believe the Lord is inviting us into this process of seeking, discovering, and doing. Seeking, discovering, and doing. Find out, find out what pleases the Lord. That's an invitation. That's an invitation to each one of us to come, if you feel inclined as you're led, to come to the altar and just take some moments to say, Lord, I want to be on that process of discovery with you. I've neglected some things. I've let some things um, just kind of fall away, and, and I've forgotten. I need to rediscover. God says, yes, come, come, come. He wants to speak to us. He wants to re reveal to us. 
So Josiah, he sought the Lord, and in the process, he discovered what he needed to fill his mission. Revival is always connected with a hunger for and return to God's authoritative word. Revival is always connected to a return to the word, to a deep and des- deep and uh, desire and hunger for the word of God. If it's not, it's probably a lot of hype and not much substance. I thank God for, uh, for the things that he does, but those are, those are expressions of revival. Those are the fruits of revival, but the true revival happens in our hearts as we rediscover the word of God, as we take our relationship with God to a new level, and as we value true riches, which are found in God's treasure, his word, the word of God takes front and center in revival. And so when I witness, when I witness normal people like myself, hungering for and obeying God's word, that's when I say there's a brother or a sister in revival mode. There's someone that I can look to who's really in revival. It's an undeniable mark of individual revival, which is also a mark of corporate revival. I think focusing on anything else is putting the cart before the horse. The Word of God front and center in our lives. This is true riches. This is the treasure. This is the treasure that those Christians in 10th to 14th century Central Asia were commissioned to share with the people of Central Asia. This is the word of God which was neglected and forgotten for centuries. And this is the word of God that is now being rediscovered in our lives in the lives of those who have never heard before. I'm thankful for the Word of God. Are you thankful for it? I want to encourage you and challenge you today to take your time in the Word to a new level. Don't, you know, don't rely, don't as your sustenance, that verse of the day on Caleb or verse of the day on version Bible. Take it to a new level. Even just take a chapter a day and meditate on it. Let God speak to you. Rediscover. What's it going to look like? What's the legacy going to be? If the Lord tarries, will our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren just uncover dusty unused Bibles or none at all or will they see tattered torn pages will they see a testimony of God's people loving his word and following after him with all their hearts Josiah is an example for us today of discovery and pursuit of the things of God let's go out on this week as we go out and be on a search, on a quest for what God has for us. Discover what he wants. Do it. Go back to seeking. 
embrace the cycle embrace it because it's it's never easy but it's a process and it's a process of growth in our lives embrace that process and let God do a work in your life this week can you say amen let's stand together and let's go ahead and just uh, seal this I want to say as we sing as we worship and close this service you are welcome to come to the altar I encourage you to come and seal it with at the altar here seal the message today in your heart with the Lord uh, I'll be up here to pray with you and uh, Eve if I could get you to come up too and just be available we're available to to pray with you as well um, let's worship <laughs>